What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 106 of the Lombard Trucking Show. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and are getting geared up, getting into the new year. I told you last week, right before Christmas, I would be bringing uh, another guest on, a, a return guest here. Before I get started, though, I want to give a quick shout out to the boys over at Trucking for Millennials, the purpose-driven quality trucking and logistics. Great team of brokers up there working out of Longview, Texas. So if you're looking for to build a solid relationship with a good set of brokers who love helping truck drivers and small businesses and owner operators, feel free to give PDQ a call. You know, give you know, ask for Aaron Dunn. He will help you out. He'll get your trucks moving. I talked to him, showed up uh, at his HQ. He showed me the whole thing out there, kind of showed me the inside baseball with things. Works with honesty, integrity. He's not, you know, dogging on uh, carriers. He's not robbing margins, anything like that. He runs a good outfit up there. So big shout out to PDQ. This is unpaid advertisement, by the way. All right. I, nobody pays me, not even Zinn. Zinn doesn't even pay me for advertising. I just like to talk about things I love, like fitness, trucking, and cool people. Love talking about cool people and with cool people. And today I got a really cool guy who came on the show back on episode 93. And if you haven't listened to episode 93, Definitely go back and check it out. A gentleman by the name of the Interstate Avocado. He's got a great TikTok account. Super funny. Now, when he came back on episode 93, he had just left his previous uh, carrier. He was driving for Central Oregon Truck Company, which is based out of Oregon. I've had a couple of their drivers on. They seem to run a good outfit. And like you may read in the description, a soft market has led to driver's miles getting cut. And this isn't unknown. This isn't, you know, some sort of uh, unknown to anybody. I, in recruiting, I talk to drivers quite often who this is why they're looking for another job because their miles have been getting cut. They used to get X many miles and this is just, it, it'll just recently happen. Then that's why they're calling recruiters. That's why they're looking for new jobs because within a matter of a week or a certain day, just all of a sudden their miles are cut slashed by sometimes 500 to a thousand. So they're calling recruiters. That's what happens. So to any carriers out there, people who work for carriers, just know that if a driver's short on miles certain week, if he's below 2,500, he's probably picking up the phone and talking to recruiters. But enough about that. I want to bring him back uh, up. I'm going to bring him up on here shortly, but it's crazy. I knew as soon as he reached out to me, we needed to record ASAP because he texted. He's like, man, we have to talk. Specifically, come back on the show because he started. This is back in August was episode 93. And we're now here. I think he texted me a couple of weeks ago. And essentially, it ended with him saying that driving for this Russian carrier, you know, Russian-owned carrier, almost broke him. And when I hear that, that immediately, I got goosebumps. I got chills up my spine. The fact that I heard that just driving for this person almost broke him. And we're going to get the full story here. So without any further delay, I want to bring him onto the stage, Mr. Interstate Avocado himself. What's going on, brother? All good, man. All good. Just sitting here chilling. Uh, funny you bring up trucking for millennials, right? Because I follow them. I follow, I've been following them since I started truck driving. And I actually did an interview with them. I think uh, I was like maybe three months in, three, four months in the game. And I reached out to them to do an interview because uh, I was uh, big on like doing my YouTube stuff and whatnot. So it's pretty cool hearing other people talk good about them because I've always loved their content and stuff like that. 
Oh yeah, no, pre- appreciate you giving them the love and the shout out, Aaron, Aaron Dunn, and his and his co-host uh, Michael. You know they've got nothing but good things to say about this show, and they've got nothing but good things to say about drivers and guys they interact with. They run, yeah, they've got some good quality content themselves. They're all about getting, you know, the real story. They like talking to drivers. They like talking to people in the industry, and they like, you know, they they keep they keep it real. So that, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm sure. Can't, hopefully Aaron will t- tune into this one. I know he he check he checks him out, but uh, yeah, that's still. I'll have to go back and listen to your uh, your get up with them. Yeah, for sure. But was, hey, uh, I was definitely fresh in the game. I was like, uh, man, I probably less than I don't know fifty thousand miles, bro. To be honest, <laughs> less than fifty. See, and they still get. That's the thing. They're not looking. Yeah, they still give you a voice because what I mean, and this is what the. The great this is the thing I've had drivers on who I've had old school guys on who have been driving 30 plus years and then the newer drivers because that's the thing you need that you, that's that's freight content right there. You can't just talk to one certain demographic of driver because that's not the full story. Every single individual story in trucking is different. Everybody's road is different. Everybody's got their own lane when it comes to trucking and for the and it's especially because especially with the the entire crux of the show with the advocacy Hearing from new drivers is just as important as the older drivers, because what you come to find is the complaints on both sides end up being parallel. Even the older drivers will like to complain about the newer drivers. But the reason why older drivers don't like the newer drivers is because a lot of the issues we we talk about in the show with with why the turnover is so high. The turnover is so high. The turnover being so high is why the old drivers don't like the new ones, because it's this revolving door. and They can't build the same relationships. But yeah, so right. it's always good. So see, Aaron Dunn will give a voice to anybody. I love it. Right, right. But let's uh, crazy. You go into like talking about like um, different lanes and stuff like that, and I think one of the things that has to do with this turnover thing is it really depends on who you drive for. Like, hell, I love driving. I really do. And working for that Russian carrier damn near made me like just want to quit trucking. Yeah. And let's, yeah, let's go back there. So like that, it's a great place to start because that is true. They carry, it's just like any job, like, you know, people don't quit. People don't quit their job, so to speak. You know, they quit their boss, they quit their manager. I've heard that. I've seen that before. Like people will seek somewhere else when they're not happy where they're currently at, whether it has to do with how they're treated. Like it's not, they, you could be making a shit ton of money, but if you're just treated like absolute dog shit each and every seven days a week, and you're harassed, like you're going to want to leave. You'll take a, you'll be like, you know, I'll take $30,000 cut and a step backwards just to get out of this toxic place. So let's go back. You know, we, we go back to August. It was August 22nd when we had recorded or when, when the episode w- at least was released. And so you had just got on with this company, you know, essentially you were, you know, you said a friend of yours had gotten you over there and the, you know, your miles were being cut at central Oregon. And, you know, not a fault on them. You, you had left it, you know, clean with them. They're, they're not a bad company by any stretch of the means. But you get you went over, you listened to your friend. You went over to this. Uh, I'm assuming this carrier is based out of Illinois. So he's actually based out of Florida. Okay. So he's he's based out of Florida. All right. I got you. Well, you know, I've met a couple of Russians driving in Florida myself. So there's a promise there of you're going to be able to get as many miles as you want. You're going to make this much money. And hey, we uh, kind of do some funny accounting with your ELDs, so that way you can get as many miles as you want. And that's where we kind of left off. So let's. What happened from August 
kind of let's walk us up right to right now. Well, August comes around, and um, by the way, I quit November what twenty first, so that's about three months exactly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it started off pretty good. So I was going on vacation for my birthday. My birthday September eleventh. And I was leaving for three weeks. So when I left, when I left for vacation, everything was clean. I had all my money. Everything was good. When I come back, that's where the real. So really, I only drove for like about two months because three of those weeks I was on vacation. Man, I got back and we're having these loads run across Washington, Washington State down to the southeast got to be there in two and a half days what the hell are these, no problem are these I'm team no loads punk. yeah team loads literally team loads so i said okay i'm no punk so here i am you know driving 19 20 hours and pretty much i was losing myself because i i mean i was waking up not even brushing my i was literally just waking up walk around the truck because i wasn't going to risk safety Walking around the truck, getting in the driver's seat, leaving. But then I start to realize I'm not making money. What I think it's an it's an illusion of money, because uh, some of these carriers they don't adapt with times. So obviously, right now we all know the market. The market is bad. Where whichever, whether you in dry ran, reefer, flatbed, it doesn't matter what the market is. So he's doing these loads that are literally losing him money. And so I was running. It was a outfit from the southeast to Oregon, Washington, back to the southeast and back up. On those rates going up, those long hauls, we're talking about less than a dollar a mile loads. We're talking about $3,000 loads for 3,000 miles. So I really wasn't making money. These were going from Florida back to the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, so like we're talking Florida, uh, Georgia, Carolinas, or even like uh, I took one load into California um, from Virginia, from which I had to deadhead like two hours east. I can't remember where in Virginia I was, but I had to deadhead uh, over on um, 64, so like passing Richmond, the, the 95 corridor, all the way towards like the getting towards the bay and so deadhead that way to come back west for like three thousand dollars i said what there's no way so you would Less see a dollar mile all you total would see miles. the rate cons you would see the rate confirmations yeah they would send me they would send me the rate cons now if if you can share this or not but do you possibly remember uh which which brokers these rate cons came from? Were these TQL? Was this T.H. Robinson? Was so, this... there was a couple TQL loads in there. Uh, but for the most part, to be honest, the, the TQL loads were not bad. They were coming down from the Pacific Northwest. I would say they weren't bad because they were like about two, 225 coming down from the Northwest to the Southeast. So about 3,000. 3,100 miles. But a lot of these brokers would probably be the ones that are double brokering if I had to get my best bet. I can't remember like any one company off of the, you know, off of the main, you know, off of the top of my head. But 
these are probably brokers that like were being were maybe double brokering loads or trying to take all really trying to get their cut like trying to get a big cut yeah i want to i want to tune into the we have a live comment from youtube is that he's asking what the typical rates would be and i'd say well the thing is i'm not sure what the typical rates would be because the market is what it is but essentially i what i can tell you is is that the average cost right now to run a tractor trailer on the road it's specifically a dry van is two dollars and 25 cents a mile is essentially what people's break-even point is and so taking those so clearly this carrier is operating at a loss that was going to actually be my next question was not the brokers but yeah did you see any of the loads you were hauling where you maybe had seen they were double brokered uh not personally um so that was like my first time actually like I've dealt with brokers before uh, when I used to drive for like my uncle. So, but I've never like actually seen, I wasn't like into it with the broker. So I wasn't like actually getting the rate cons and stuff like that. So it was my first time. And the only way I know of the signs, I've never had somebody to sit there and sit with me like, oh, look, this is a double broker. So I really didn't know, but it sounded like, uh, and then he would always say like, you know, like, oh, this broke these brokers owe me money. That's why I can't pay you this week. These brokers owe me money. So I'm guessing it had to be if you get, if you're owed a lot of way too much money and, or like, you know, he would go through a factoring company and then they would take money back, you know, because the broker didn't pay and stuff like that. Then I, to me, that sounds like he's getting double broker. Yeah. If he's using, if, if he's telling you that he can't pay you because the broker's aren't paying him or because it means he's not using a factoring company because yeah, brokers, depending on who you're with, they could be on net 30, net 60. So if he's, so clearly he's either not factoring or he's just taking the money and sending it someplace else, which right. no, he was factoring. He had a factoring company, but they would take back the money. So uh, I, I'm not sure what the, like uh, pretty much they would pay him, but then they were taking money back. So they were like, taking the money out of his account because the broker didn't pay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So he's working with essentially anybody. He's just finding, I'd be, I'd be, I kind of want to talk to this guy. <laughs> I mean, his safety score is so bad that like, I mean, obviously, right. We have a joke out here. Amazon prime drivers are like the worst, but his safety scores are so bad. He wouldn't even be able to be an Amazon prime driver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I believe they still have like a certain standard you need to drive yeah. for them. So you were now. That's a, my next question was. So were you paid by the mile or percentage? So I was paid percentage, twenty five percent of the load. But that twenty five percent was literally, literally twenty five percent of nothing, essentially, because the the down the coming from the Pacific Northwest down, we're decent. We're talking about maybe seven. Uh, at the beginning of it, it was like seven thousand, eight thousand. Just about like uh, about a month ago or before I kind of left, um, the rates have went up for reefer coming down from the northwest to like about 9,000, 9,500, 10 grand, which isn't bad, I guess, right? Essentially in the market that we're in, right? But those rates going up there because he, like it was, there was no short hauls. It was southeast to Pacific Northwest, no in between. And I'm wondering what the strategy is on that, why he was only doing these 
Southeast, why he wasn't around the Midwest. Like, so th there was no point in time where you did a load that went from Georgia to Ohio, Ohio to Texas, no Texas to California, no, nothing. It was all nothing. just coast to coast. Just coast to coast. Literally. And you, you were hauling reefer? Reefer, yep. Okay, so it was refrigerated only. Now, you had mentioned that, so he owns how many trucks? Owns about, uh, his safer score says 15, but I think that extra truck was like somebody, one of his family members or something that wasn't like, so it's like 13 or 14. 13 or 14 trucks he's got, and but not all of them are filled. Oh, no, not anymore. <laughs> he only has about, shit, if I had to take a guess right now, maybe six to seven trucks are filled right now. And that's actually, I'm, I'm still in contact with a couple of drivers. That, and I was going to ask. Uh, come Tuesday or Wednesday, he's probably going to only have two or three drivers. I was going to ask, have you met or have you and the other drivers had like conversations about not being paid? Oh, yeah. I mean, bro, we were, we're talking about phone conferences. One person would call one person. Hey, hold on. Let me add this. Per we're talking about we would have seven, eight people in this phone conference. And we're all like literally going through the same thing where nobody's seeing the money. So essentially he kind of tried to play friends with all of us instead of like he, being the big bad boss. He would try to play like, oh, you know, I got you, bro. I love you so much and such and such. Like if he's our friend to try to hold us off. And then right when you would think, well, you know what? I'm leaving. He would send you, I don't know, $2,000. So that would make you want to stay another week or two. And then he'd reel you in so you don't have the money for another week or two, a week and a half, two weeks and a half. And then he would send you so that, okay, maybe I'm getting all, getting all my money next week just on that hope and, like, that hope and stuff like that. But I gave him too much hope because I should have been gone after, like, I don't know, the second time that happened. Mm -hmm. and so how would he pay you? Zell. So he would he would sell he would sell you the money. That's what I was wondering. So it wasn't direct deposit through your bank account or anything. So he was selling you money, and so yep. when it comes to getting paid, so you when you started driving for him, did it start off where he paid you re regularly? Did it start off that way and then it stopped? How long before the first red flag? So I drove for him. All right. So I went on vacation. I can't. I uh, left on. September 7th, I think it was. September 7th, 8th, somewhere around there. September 5th, I think it was, that I left uh, when... Anyways, I digress. Um, he paid me. I made, in those two weeks, the, the first two weeks that I drove for him, I made a cool 5500 and some change. I got all my money before I went on vacation. I come back from vacation, and I'm like, all right, I need, I need money, so... The first week I drove, I said, I'm not going to ask him for any money this week because I want a big sum of money. I want for my $4,000 to be sent to me right away. You know what I'm saying? So once I got my balance up and balance, meaning balance is like, you know, the loads and the 25% of the loads. Once I got the balance to like four, 4,500, five grand, say, hey, I need you to send me a good three grand. Oh, you know, um, you know, and I got to pay the trucks and fuel is expense. That's not my problem. Whatever. But I understand. I, I understand. I, I'm very understanding. 
And can what can a thousand work? Can I send you a thousand dollars tomorrow? Comes tomorrow, and I still don't have my thousand dollars. Okay, whatever. I get back down to the southeast. Um, I finally get my money. I said no problem. Cool. Well, I didn't get all my money. I got like two grand. And then it, after that, like after that first paycheck, like I it literally it's the, it was the same story every weekend. And and I got to do truck payment and I got to do this and I got to do that. And I got it was always an excuse as to why he couldn't give. Oh, another big thing. You know, Zell has a limit when you send money. Yeah. For regular people. I'm not sure what it is for the business account, but it should be higher for a business account. And that was literally the excuse. Every Oh, you know, the limit, the limit, the limit. Fuel is expensive. The limit, the limit, the limit. Literally every week, every day, because I was bugging him every day about my money. Uh, It's just it's it's blowing me away because but I understand because this is it's I mean, it's it's gaslighting uh, what they kind of do is literally. Yes, that's the word for it. Yep. Yeah. But you're you're lured into it because you got a good check to start. And this is a story that I've heard from other drivers and Justin Martin from Freight Waves. He's heard the same story is that's exactly what they do. They will, you get a fat check and you're like, and you're good actually on that check for a while. So you'll go three weeks and be like, okay, I'll take nothing. Okay. I understand this excuse. And then, then eventually they just lure you along until it's enough. But what I, so that's the thing. He kept giving this excuse of having to pay for the equipment. What, what type of truck were you driving? What was the equipment that you guys had? So I, I, I drove a, uh, I had a uh, Volvo 20, 2020, I believe, 2020, something like that. But he had an all fleet out of the 14 trucks. 13 of them are uh, Volvos. One of them was a freight, a clapped out freight liner, 20, a clapped out 2020 freight liner that was, I got, I got into it and I like just to like switch trailers and stuff like that because that driver had quit on a load because he wasn't getting his money. But uh, when I started, he had just ordered three, uh, three Volvos. Uh, majority of his fleet is 860s, and then the three that he had ordered when I first came on were the, the smaller one, the 760s. Okay, so all sweet. Volvos, clapped out trailers. Um, he had got three or four new trailers, too, when I got in, in into the company. Um, and everything is financed because he is not... He says, do not pay off anything. Do not use your credit for everything. That's exactly what he says. So he would finance it, but say, don't use your credit for everything. So he was getting newer equipment, which mm-hmm. from a business standpoint, from how he operates is probably a bad idea considering. The way the market is, right? Because, because of the way the market is. So this guy is, so you ordered three trucks while you were there. And this is in the last quarter of the year. He's ordering new equipment, running loads for under a dollar a mile. Absolutely. And so have you ever met this guy in person? One time when I picked up the truck. In, in Florida? Yes, in Florida. Yep. And does he live in Florida? He does. He actually owns like four or five properties in Florida. Really? Okay. So now... So now we're kind of getting into the, in the so you know it's probably are they like residential or uh, uh, from the stories that I've heard, uh, I know of four. Uh, he owns one where he lives. He rents one house out 
and then the other two are Airbnbs. Another shit market. The the only thing that comes to mind, and I'm not sure if it's the trucking company or the properties that do this, but there's clearly some sort of money laundering that's go, that goes on w- with however this guy runs his business. That's what I was thinking. He's he's cleaning money somehow whether it be through trucking or through his properties and he funnels them without it, however they go. And then, cause if he doesn't have the money to pay you, because if he has, if he's under the same business or something, if he doesn't have the money to pay you, it means he doesn't have the money. Right. Like it, it means the money is not existent and it's not even there. He's either sent it back to Russia and maybe he's paying for his boys to fight in their war or something, or it's going to the mafia. It's going to some, it's going somewhere. But it's not going to drivers. It's not going to the drivers. Absolutely. Yeah. Now let's let's go on from there. So the equipment is still kind of newer, which is a reason why people would also stick it. Like if I'm say I'm completely ignorant and I don't know any. Say I'm a I'm, I'm a, a novice driver. I've been driving for three months. This guy says he'll hire me, something like that. Not calling you a novice when you when you signed on by any means. I don't mean that as a slight. But say I get sucked into this. I see the equipment. I'm okay with it. But then come the ELD thing. So the, he, he runs, it's now, you, you had mentioned that he owns the ELD company or it's somebody, what ELD? So I, don't, I don't think, I remember you mentioning, you said that you think they own the software. Uh, well, first things first, the equipment was new, but the equipment was shit. Get that right off the bat. The equipment was shit. Um, but regarding the ELDs, so the app, the app that I was using when I was working there was uh, as basic as it gets. Keep, uh, no, no, what was it? ELD for trucking. That's literally the name. That's literally the name of the thing. ELD, <laughs> the number four trucking. And I'm talking about, it's a regular ELD, you know, you get on your phone, ah, ah, whatever. But you need more hours. You call, you call up some number in this number you call is from Illinois, in yeah. the Illinois area. You call this number, you call this number, and they get whether you need more driving time, whether you need a 34-hour reset. The only time they wouldn't mess with your logs is if you just had a recent inspection done. So I got pulled I got pulled over like two or three times with this guy. And anytime I would have got pulled over that I would call like, hey, I need more hours. Oh, well, we can't do anything because you just got an inspection. But as long as you didn't get no inspections, no nothing, because obviously we're out here dodging way stations and all that stuff and going around and driving at night or just literally just see you later. You know what I'm saying? Um, They would fix it. Uh, If you needed a 34, man, it was some sketchy stuff. One time they put like a cold driver on my truck. So pretty much I picked up this guy in like, I don't remember, somewhere, I don't know, Alabama or Mississippi. So I picked that guy up down there. I can't tell you the name because the name is um, John Doe from Tennessee. I don't know. You had to pick I picked up this the guy time. up in Mississippi, dropped him off in Nebraska. You should wait. You picked up a driver? Yeah, I picked up a, I picked up a driver in Mississippi and dropped him off in Nebraska. And that's how I got. That's how I ended up in Nebraska, but I, I, I was driving. That's how I ended up in Nebraska. But through the ELD eyes, through if I were to get stopped, I picked up John Doe 
in Mississippi, and I dropped him off in Nebraska. And that's how I got my 34-hour my 34-hour reset. Oh, because he he was driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you, did you talk to this guy at all? What, was he Russian? Um, I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. Oh, oh! So you didn't actually pick anybody up? No, I didn't pick anybody up. Oh, you just on just on paper it said you picked up a driver, and then the ELD they added him onto your ELD, and then you went to Nebraska, and that's how you. Oh, so that's how they fudge the. Yep. That's, how they that's, fudge that's the when they. That's when you need a thirty-four if you don't if you're running out of your seventy. And I mean this this thing is elaborate, man. Like they send you a text message, you picked up. You picked up Jane Doe, John Doe. You picked them up in, um, I don't know, whatever town, any town, Mississippi. I can't, I can't think of off the, off the top of my head. You picked them up any town, Mississippi, at nineteen forty-eight with thirty seconds, and you dropped them off in Lincoln, Nebraska, on this date, uh, at. 645 with 25 seconds. So they just, yeah, they had it right down to a to the right second to the and everything. Minute. Yep. That's, and this was, do you know who you were speaking with when you would call that Illinois number? Did they say like what company they were or was it just so, some guy? Uh, just uh, some guys. Uh, I can remember like two or three of the voices. Like it was kind of like the same people ish. Like if you call in the morning or in the nighttime. You would call, and it give you like a regular. It sounds like you're calling like an actual like you know company, and it'd be like uh, dispatch or safety. You'd click the safety. They, uh, hello, good evening, safety. Did they have any accent? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Sometimes I mean, they wouldn't even understand. Like they would start talking to me in Russian, and I, uh, excuse me, what, what? What do you like? Can you speak to me in English? Sorry, I don't speak Russian, man. I, I, I'm just like totally brought back. What, what gets me crazy about it is just like th this is your story. The thing is, what people don't get in front of the live listeners is this is there are hundreds, if not thousands, of these carriers right now doing this. And there's guys like you who had this experience with, with the L ELD, though. Recently, the FMCSA did. Uh, they made a list of now, like they've they've disqualified certain ELD companies as being legitimate. And this one was one of them. This one, so this one was one of them. But so I'm still technically I still work for the guy because I want my I want my money. So I'm trying to be nice. But uh, he only lives like an hour from my house, so I guess I could show up, right? Um. Anyways, <laughs> um. They sent out a text message. Hey, ELD for trucking is uh, got banned by the FMCSA, such and such. Uh, you can keep your ELD, the plug-in device that you plug into the computer or whatever, to the OBD port. You can keep your device, but now you got to download Columbus ELD. So they sent you the name and everything, and it's literally the same exact program, just a different name. Oh, so they just—they just—it was the same thing, different name, and that I was gonna say, did this happen while you were still driving for him? So it was the no, same I was, thing. I was—I uh, think I was either already at where I'm working at now, or I was like at home. But so I think what I think they had to do, what I think they do is, they kind of have these backups, right? So uh, 
I think of it maybe like a like a TikTok page or a social media page. You know, a lot of like, especially on TikTok, you can go report somebody and get their page taken down. So, and but you have a backup and a backup and a backup. So I guess the, they have these companies, right? These ELDs that they just kind of have already up and running, but nobody uses them just so they could get them certified with the FMCSA. So when one falls down, they don't have to try to fight it. They just let it go and bring the next one in. Yeah, which that, that's the thing that, and we were talking, we had talked about this at F3 in Chattanooga, and we and we talk about this a lot in the Lost Freight Discord. That's the biggest problem when it comes to enforcing uh, safety and compliance, and a lot, like with with all the fraud going on in the freight industry, it's very hard to get ahead of it. At least it's very hard for the FMCSA to get ahead of it at anything or do anything because the FMCSA is a government organization that's run by lawyers who never have been in the trucking industry. And when it comes for them to either make rules or something, whenever it comes to them to actually, if they wanted to solve this problem, they, they can't get it. They'll, they'll go. The, the criminals are already five steps ahead and they've already, they've already safeguarded it, removed. They have middlemen to do it. So that way, when whatever they're, whatever they're current, whatever, they're currently doing, however they're currently engaging in whatever shady thing they're doing, once they've finally conquered that issue, either the government or a freight tech company or something, once they've kind of eliminated it, there's already been, uh, you know, contingency plans that they've fallen back on. So that way, because they, their truck, they're not going to stop running their trucks. Right. They're going to keep moving. So now go, going on from there, what was, you know, you mentioned, you know, that it, it almost like broke you. Was it like, it must have been a myriad of things, but like what, because you almost wanted to just leave the industry altogether. Kind of what, what, when did that cross your mind? When were you like thinking about it? Like, man, I got to get out. So like I said, man, I love doing this. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm in it for the money, right? Which is, I don't know, maybe not good right now, but I actually enjoy what I do. And I've never enjoyed doing anything as much as I enjoy driving but here's the problem i'm also not gonna do it for free as much as i love driving across the country and around the world and whatever the case may be i'm not doing it like i'm not a millionaire to do it for free right so i mean we're out here drive i mean i'm talking about driving 16 17 18 19 20 hour days 24 hour days just straight and I'm not getting no money from it. Like, that's like, where's my money? I want my money. So there's like no, I lost myself as far as like just even wanting to wake up and brush my teeth or wash my face or, or, or whatever the case may be. And I'm doing all this driving and this driving and this driving, but I'm like, I'm falling behind on my bills because I've already used up my reserve funds to pay to cover my bills while I'm still waiting for this money to come in and what so it's like it doesn't it doesn't it it it's it's not a good feeling man when you're just out here driving for like if if anybody ever thought they were driving for pennies on the dollar go drive for a Russian and I'm pretty sure you're really gonna be feeling driving pennies on the dollar because you're gonna be like a thousand dollars a week. I mean, I don't have a ton of bills, right? So I'm I'm not married. I'm I don't have no kids. I don't own a house or nothing like that. It's just me, my car, and my phone, whatever. 
So I don't, it's not like I need a ton of money, but I was barely being able to pay for my car or pay for my, my insurance. Like I going through my credit cards, like it, it was like literally crazy. No, that'll, that'll rack up on your, on your mental health. And I had, there was a gentleman I had in the show not too long ago, um, got, you know, he got, calls himself Xbox, another kid I met on, on TikTok, who's a newer driver. And yeah, and with him, he's a little bit different. You know, he has a wife, a kid, younger guy. And when you, and say, I mean, that's another, you, you say, for example, I mean, paying your bills, like even at a company, even at like a large carrier where they offer benefits and everything like that. But after those benefits, your weekly check could sometimes be less than $600 and you're working 70 hours and you're, and you're, and these people aren't doing screwing with your logs. Yeah. When you de- like what it does to your self-worth and like as much as you love it. And that's, that's the most important part is like for anybody listening, this guy loves driving. And most people who truck love trucking me. I, and I'd be remiss to say that I don't long for being back on the road. I missed, I was thinking about it today. It's chilly in Texas. I want to be, I've gotten so used to suffering. I want to be in Iowa going for a run in 25 degrees right now. That's, that's what I want to do. It's, it's gotten in my blood. It's in my blood. And that's how most drivers feel about it. But that's the craziest thing is even you who loves this, loves what they do, that there are still enterprises in this industry and criminals who want to, who will do, who will do anything to the point to where you almost left, to where you love something so much where you're like, I just can't do this. I don't think I could do it at all. Right. And that right. yet, yeah, I mean, that's powerful. It's, it's nuts. But so what was, what was the final straw? How did you, how did you quit? So I pretty much, uh, it was uh, before Thanksgiving. There was uh, the week before Thanksgiving. I think it was like a week and a half. I was down in South Florida and the dispatcher, uh, which who he owes, who no longer works for him. And he owes like $8,000, but whatever. The dispatcher calls me. He's like, yo, bro, I got this load to pick up for. I got this load for you to pick up. It's a two, two, two pickups in, in Florida or whatever. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going home. Oh, well, you got to talk to him about it. Okay. Called him. Well, I'm going home. Where's my money, bro? Like, I need money. Then he starts getting into this the gaslighting stuff. Oh, but you know, and I and I you know I love you and that that but bro, I don't care what you're talking about right now. I want my money, bro. He's like, Well, what if you if you pick up the load and then you go home? I was like, if you send me my money, I'll pick up the load. Yep. He's like, No, no, I will send it to you tomorrow, or this was like on a Wednesday or Thursday or something like that. I said, All right, whatever. I'll pick up the load, but I want my money. You don't send me my money. I'm not leaving my house. So I took the truck home, which I never took the truck home. The, my car w- used to sit at where he, his yard or whatever, which is a no, whole nother story. I mean, you got 14 trucks and you're only playing for two parking spots. So drivers can't even park at the yard. But <laughs> um, so anyways, he's like, yo, I'm going to send it to you Friday. I'm going to send it to you Friday. I pretty much, if you don't send me my money, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I just so happened to have my money in that, in, in, in there that weekend. So I ended up leaving like Saturday morning, but then after that, get back up and I'm like, bro, I need money. Like I need money, bro. I need money. Give, send me all my money. I'm in the Northwest. Nothing. I right. 
So I'm like, all right, this is my life. I'm good. I'm I'm quitting. Like I and at this point, I didn't have nothing lined up. I was honestly gonna call Central Oregon because like I said, there weren't a there wasn't a bad company when I left in August. You know what? I'll take a hit. Screw it. It's gonna at least I'll have a paycheck every Friday. I don't know. Five hundred dollars is better than zero dollars, you know? Which five hundred dollars is not what I it was I that's not I was making way more than that. So there's that. But um so I said my dad had just got surgery and I'm like, you know what? I'm still gonna try to get my money out of this guy. Let me see if I can maybe make him feel bad, right? Oh listen, man, I fell down some stairs on Thanksgiving, like um, you know, I fell down some stairs, I had to go get surgery, send him a picture of my dad's my my, my dad's foot in a cast. <laughs> and um He's like, oh, man, get better. And then he actually texted me like three weeks after said surgery. And I said, oh, well, I'm taking off the cast now. And meanwhile, I'm actually sitting. I was sitting at the shop for this company I'm at now because I was getting something fixed on the truck. So um, I sent him a picture of like the stitches because the cast is off now getting the stitches. Like, you know, I just I'm sorry to ask. But when are you coming back? Because we need you. We really need you. Um, I'm bro. I don't know. Another three weeks. Whenever, maybe whenever I get my money. Okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna try. I'll, I'll try. I'll try. I love you. You know I love you. Feel better. Then he actually just. I text him. Then he texts me like a couple days ago. I'm like it's like anything yet? I'm like oh well. I actually just got the stitches off the, I, I no i told him i can actually start walking soon i'm gonna go to therapy bro i need my money i need to pay my bills okay bro i'm gonna try something for next week i'm gonna try something for next week but my thing is i don't think that guy has any money no he he's definitely uh, he's either get, he's definitely giving it away or it's going somewhere he's cleaning it he's sending it back to whatever crime syndicate he's affiliated with. But what, what I think is really funny is so he, he doesn't even know you're driving for somebody else. No. So nope. yeah, he's still under the predisposition that you're, you're still his, his driver and he's waiting for you to come back off of. Right. Cause I don't, so my, my TikTok, uh, which I don't have a lot of followers, I don't know, maybe like 4,000. So it's not a lot, right. It's not very big. I kind of just interact with the same people. I don't ever tell anybody about it. My YouTube, which I don't have, I haven't been posting videos yet, but I don't really tell anybody about it. And all my social media, my personal social media, because I have my avocado side and then I have me as a human being. I don't have anything attached to my phone number. I don't like, you know how you can go and contacts and this and that and that. But I, I follow his Facebook because he's out here putting up ads that he's paying these drivers on the marketplace for $2,300 a week. I go and I go and I report those pages because that's a scam. He's scamming people. And I'd be damned if I, I'm gonna do everything in my power to not let somebody come over here and be scammed. Yeah, I see those, um, I see similar posts a lot in Texas CDL driver pages. You'll always see a post from somebody and it'll be from, you'll go to their profile too and their profile like was is brand new and they're saying, hey, uh, hiring drivers for this, we pay $2,500 a week. And people will comment with like laugh reacts and be like, this, this is a scam. But speaking of 
you, so you reporting some of his ads. Has there, have you made any, have you reached out to the FMCSA? Have you tried to, has anybody reported with this guy? What, because clearly he still has trucks and he's driving and he's operating as a carrier and he's hauling freight with drivers. He's not paying a fair wage and with, uh, you know, he's 1099ing them, zelling them paychecks. You know, has anybody tried to, you know, yeah, are we trying to go after this guy or what? So while I was still working for him, right? There was this one guy, uh, cool guy from New York. He owes him about four grand. He called me because uh, he wanted me to like be like a witness or whatever. And I said, yeah, I don't mind. But he went the the federal government route. So he went to uh, what is the Department of Labor or whatever. And I mean, being honest here, going to the government, the federal government at that for anything, it's going to, what we're talking about, years. So I said, all right, well, I actually made, I went a different route, so uh, I actually made a complaint with the FMCSA and then I told my buddies two of them to go, two or three of them, to go file a complaint with the FMCSA and my thought behind that was if they just see one, they're probably just going to be like, okay, we'll get to it when we get to it. it it's another federal agency. So what, it, I mean, you know, so maybe they see three or four within the same time, within a month time frame, and maybe it'll change something. Um, I don't know what it's done, but I did. <clears throat> so with the FMCSA, I, um, I filed a complaint on the carrier, on the carrier themselves. And then I also filed a complaint because you can file a complaint on the ELD uh, manufacturer, ELD, whatever company or whatever. So I actually filed a complaint on the new ELD. Um, and I literally just copy and pasted the same text message they, they sent us. Uh, ELD for trucking is not da -da -ba -ba, Columbus trucking, download that and you can and whatever. And then I sent them like I sent them the number that we called and everything. Um, so my next steps are, to be honest, I'm thinking about contacting the state of Florida, um, to file a complaint with his actual business, with his actual LLC in the state of Florida. That's my next step. Yeah, because I'm curious, and you could probably look this up because I'm curious either the state of his LLC, if it's considered active, but also, uh, at the same time. I'm trying to think because here's what I'm wondering, because he says he you said you got two DOT inspections while you're driving with him. I've had. I got pulled over. Yeah, I've gotten pulled over. I've gotten pulled over twice. I've actually got I got pulled over three times, but at a scale house. No, no. Pulled over like roadside. Um, really? But two of them were random. The third one, so uh, disclaimer, I'm not a person who uses my phone when I'm driving. But I just so happened to be, I had the phone in my hand, which I'm not going to, you know, I, I had the phone in my hand. I was able to finagle my way out of getting a, myself a citation. So I didn't get a citation, but the company did. So, which it is what it is. I, I, my, my life, the good thing I can say, I, I was wrong by having the phone in my hand, 
I'm not gonna lie, you know what I'm saying? I don't I don't like when drive when other drivers do it. I just so happen to have my phone in my hand. I don't remember what the hell I was doing. Um, couldn't have been important. It wasn't that important, obviously, right? So, um, but two the two actual times I got pulled over, I got pulled over in Tennessee. I remember at two fifty three in the morning because I had a mud flap fall off of the trailer, and the guy pulled me over for a roadside, and that was the first time I got pulled over with him, and I was actually pretty scared because of the whole ELD situation. Like it's always a it's always a a, a crapshoot when you when you get pulled into the state the the chicken coop or whatever it is, it's always a crapshoot to whether or not, you know, if they want to find something they can find something. So I um I got a violation for the mud flap and then the second time was. Ah, I can't remember. All right, I can't remember where the where it was. I want to say it was probably like Mississippi or Alabama or. Georgia or something. I don't remember. Now, with, with with what you're getting pulled over, and that'll that'll happen with mud flaps. Is but what I'm saying for did they they wanted to see your insurance, and so was your was the insurance on your trucks was it valid? And because what I'm curious is how this guy keeps his kept his insurance valid with such a deteriorated score. So, so his his insurance is still valid. I remember like uh, maybe come at the end of September, beginning of October, he was actually switching over insurance companies or something of that sort. Um, but yeah, he has value. This is like, you go on the safer web, you can find all the, like it's valid. The stuff is valid. The company's legit. Yeah. It, it, what, speaking of, we do have a good gentleman on here. If you want to let it out, what 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 is the MC number you were driving I, for? I don't know the MC number off of the top of my head, but I don't know. I don't know if I close my if I close my um my browser here. I don't know if I if I'll still be in the video because I can find it and I'll 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 put it. I'll put see, it out there. See if you can find it real quick because I'd love to get out there. Uh, yeah. So what? Yeah, whether he, he he's still on here live, but oh, I'm still live. All right, cool. Perfect. Yeah, you're still on here. Yeah, we'll get the yeah. We got a gentleman here, uh, great listener, Tanner. He's asked for the company and MC number. So, like I said, we we do have some connections through this show. Uh, we are live on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube right now. And I know, uh, especially we we've got, you know, kind of like how the like white women on TikTok are really good at solving crimes by uh, you know, especially when that woman disappeared, Gabby Petito. Everybody, TikTok had labeled it down to the shoe or something of this girl. You know, the white women go nuts over the crime right. stories. You know, whenever so, you're ready, I got the DOT and the MC number four. Yeah, so this is what we've got. We've got freight, Twitter, and trucker talk that can easily find this guy. Yeah, what's what's the MC in that company? So for the MC, I got one zero zero seven two nine nine. Here we go. One zero zero seven two nine nine. For you, yep. Tanner, listening. And what, yeah, what was the company name? Simon Transportation, LLC, out of Venice, Florida. Simon Transportation. Yeah, it's 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 always LLC. Well, I mean, I, I have an LLC too, but that's how they go. It's always a funny, yeah, whenever these companies are named, they're always, what like these shady companies always have the most, like almost like how the ELD you were using was ELD for trucking. Right. A lot of the shady carriers will be like, P 
Patriot Trucking USA LLC. It'll be something like <laughs> it's always something yeah. like yeah, it's it's something like super corny to make it sound like they're like this American trucking company, but it's like right. you can tell it's just like so so fraudulent because nobody would name nobody's it. after a last name, but like Simon, yeah, like Simon Trucking LLC. It's just very. Like, cause normally you want to have a good name, like, you know, it's your company name, but they're just trying to pick something that, oh, maybe this will fit in, or maybe, maybe this will pass the, the litmus test of, 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 right. of you know, of non-fraudulent stuff. But I, I think the coolest part is the fact that you just like, you told them that you had surgery to get out <laughs> and you're on like this kind of medical leave. But yeah, that's how it, it's funny. We talk about this on Twitter, how these East, Eastern Europeans like to talk with people. They always call you brother. Brother, I care about you, sir. I love you. Like I do good work for you. I will help you out, especially when it comes to the double brokers. They're always like, "I'll find you very good load." Like you mean so much to me. They, it's like, yeah, they speak with this, like, yeah, with from this po- point of like wanting to be your best friend, and that's yeah, and that's how they that's how they grift. And I mean, I have fucking, I have, like, I guess. You know how you can, like, if you type something on an iPhone, he has an iPhone, right? Because the blue bubble, right? So, you know, when you type something on an iPhone, you can, like, make it, like, type something else. So, I guess when he types bro, he automatically puts to put, like, the hard eyes emoji. and So, like, when he types bro, it comes up with, like, hard eyes emoji and, like, sends little hearts here and there. Like, this dude, like, it's professional, bro. Professional. I don't know if he's a professional truck driver, but he's definitely a professional gaslighter. I tell you that. Yeah, and a grifter. We we got somebody looking in right now. He said he says insurance is with a risk retention group, aka the worst type of insurance, and it'll expire in a month, January twenty eighth, twenty twenty four. With that's what I was gonna say. He must be. He must switch insurance, like quite just like how they have the ELD backups. That's yeah. the thing. They must work with these shell type insurance companies yeah like a risk retention it's risk retention insurance from what and i'm not an insurance guru my brother works in insurance law he probably knows this a little bit better but like kind of like if you get a dui uh, like if if you're a four-wheeler like a regular person if you get like a dui or too many duis and you finally and you lose your license then you get it back like there's only essentially one insurance company that that you work with and i believe that's risk retention and that's essentially what this guy's got. I can't wait to go look up his uh, the safer score now too with that number. But man, I am just number one for, first and foremost. Yeah, like uh, with you having your phone in your hand. I mean, I've changed. Uh, like I used to keep my phone on the vent, and I would click next on my Spotify song or something like that. But other times, my phone, if it was in the slot next to driver's handle, I've taken it and thrown it on the passenger seat. So, I mean, that, that happens. There's definitely not a, a knock on, on that. It's not like you're like that. Cause trust me, I've driven by many, I've been passed by many people who are driving white Volvos and stuff, similar, similar cares to you. And they'll be driving and it'll be some guy with the phone up like this as they're driving going 75 in the, in yeah, the left. So like, I had the, and the thing was, it was on, like I had the mount on the, on the truck that I'm driving now. The truck that I'm driving now, I don't have. I actually don't. I don't have my. I don't have a mount for my phone, so I kind of just, like, I put a playlist and I just let the playlist rock, and I leave my phone on the on the passenger seat because I can't really find anywhere to put a mount that's convenient because of, of the sight of being in a W9. 
Um, but on the Volvo, the site's okay. So I had it there. But for some reason at that time, that day, I did have my phone in my hand. I don't remember why. I don't, I don't ever fucking do it. So the fact that I actually had my phone and it just so happens, man, it happened so crazy. Cause I'm literally like this, right? I don't know what I was doing, but it wasn't like up here or nothing like that. And I looked to my window because I'm still paying attention. I just happened to have the phone in my hand at the time. I look out my window and I see us. Uh, it, it was in Wyoming, a Wyoming trooper. He's speeding past me. As soon as he gets to the window, I guess he looks, he sees that I have the phone. He slam on his brakes. I literally just drop. I dropped my, I've never done anything so quick. I just dropped the phone, put my hand on the steering wheel. He's like, oh, you know, you got your phone in your hand. But I have, so one thing I do take pride in, I have a clean license. I don't have no tickets, no citations, no nothing that, you know, I'm a reckless driver or anything like that. So I guess, you know, he ran my information. Obviously, all that comes up, right? He's like, I'm not going to give you a ticket. He told me just like that. I'm not going to give you a ticket. I'm not going to give you a citation. But I'm going to give a violation to the company. You can do that because I'm actually out of here. You you do that. Thank you. I said, man, thank you so much. I, and when he asked me, like, you know, what were you doing? I Oh, you know, I'm messing with the uh, the ELD. I just had to make sure it was working or something like that. And when he went to go send send himself the logs, it gave him a little bit of a trouble. So I it kind of, like, corroborated my story. Yeah, validated it. Yeah. Well, no, that's good, man. I, but I can't tell you. It's I'm just glad you're okay because there's this could have gone a lot of different ways. Say you stuck around. Say he ended up feeding you a little bit more money. We've had a woman on this show before, Desiree Wood. She runs an organization, Real Women in Trucking, and there there are a lot of stories of what what happens eventually in these cases. Is is it starts out good, and then eventually you will be doing a reset somewhere. You will be, you will have to take time because you're burnt out because you physically just can't drive for 20 hours a day. You do 20 hours. It's just not possible. And then you, you're in a, you're in a hotel room and then eventually that other driver will come and take the truck and guys are abandoned throughout the country. That's, that's the other side of right. what happens with, with some of these people is that the truck gets taken, drivers get abandoned. So, I mean, or or the, or they be, they get threatened. I mean, I had a friend of mine on the show, you know, his nickname Skippy Shan, uh, Shannon Tall, a great great dude. He had a similar experience with the uh, you know an, an Eastern European individual, and that you know he would be he was threatening, like he would he was very threatening to him. So I mean, it goes, and they prey on people, and that's the thing is who they prey on are people who want to work hard. That's the saddest part is they're pre- they're not they're not preying on they're preying on people who want to work hard, want to make an honest living, want to do the right thing, are willing to put out, go out for three, four weeks, three, six, whatever at a clip, who it's in their blood. And that's in a perfect world. If I'm the Russian guy, I'm doing everything I can to hang on to guys like you, to where if you want to run like that, and especially at a time where the market's soft, but you're still saying, I'm going to stick with it. And these, these, but it just goes to show this is how fractured the industry is how much of a problem it really is and what it does to not only the freight market, because this guy's because rates are what they are because you have, you know, freaking Vladimir taking 98 cent per mile loads 
up to the Pacific Northwest. So <laughs> there we go. There's your cheap freight for a lot of the carriers out there. Uh, and then and, they, and then they're treating people like garbage. So it, not, it affects the driver turnover. People leave the industry once again. And then it's affecting the freight market. I'm just glad you're okay. And now you seem to be with a good outfit. You're in a fucking W9. You can't beat that. Now you're king of the road. <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, bro. So it was just like, like I literally went home when I when I when I went for surgery. I I didn't have a plan, right? Normally, I always usually have a backup plan of, okay, if this doesn't work, what am I gonna do? Or uh, in this case, I went, get out. I didn't have a plan. I said, you know what? Let me go home. My buddy had just started into, uh, he just had got like his tankers. He's like, bro, go get your tankers and maybe you can find doing something, doing running a tanker. I said, you know what? I went and got my endorsement, my tanker endorsement. I said, well, I hell, let me find something. And I was just looking and looking and looking. And I'm not going to lie, the rate per mile here where I'm getting paid at, um, it's not it's not the greatest, right? But I needed something. And I was literally um I left when I left Central Oregon, I left on such a good note that I could call them back up and be like, Hey, hey, this is Eddie. Uh I'm coming back. And it wouldn't have been a problem, you know? Because they actually had, had reached out to me if I wanted if I was interested in going back. But I was like, uh, you know, maybe I want to try something new. Especially since I live on the East Coast, they're all the way out there on the West Coast. Maybe I can try something, you know, maybe closer to home or something like that. And I said, well, let me go try this company. I came over here. I didn't know what my sense per mileage was. I didn't I, I didn't call a recruiter. I didn't call. I didn't I didn't try to find it for I said, you know what? I filled out the application. I called I don't know, the next day or the day after. Or it was Thanksgiving weekend. I filled out the application like maybe that Friday or Thursday. I don't remember. He's like, well, you know, we can't, we're not going to get to you now because of the fact, you know, it is Thanksgiving. So, All right, cool. I called on Monday. And thank, and like I said, I, I really appreciate the fact that I do have a clean license and I take pride in that because not a lot of people can say that, that they have like a spotless license. Oh, okay. Let me run your. He ran the, my MVR while I was on the phone. Ran the MVR. Oh, okay. When can we set you up for orientation? When do you want me to go? Like when? Like I'm. I, you want? I will drive. They're out of. Uh, they're out of Alabama. It's only a ten-hour drive from where I live. I will drive my car right then and there, right today. I will leave today. When do you want me to go? Well, you gotta go get your drug test. Okay, cool. I went and did my drug test. Went out there. And I didn't know what I was getting paid until I was sitting in that orientation room. I said, what What are we getting paid anyways? I'm not going to tell you because then, you know, but it's not great. But so it's far, better than it but so yeah, but far it's, it's consistent. So even with the holidays coming around, I mean, we've had, I don't know, Monday, we just had Christmas. This, And it's consistent the three weeks that I've been here. Well, no, that's all you can ask for. But it just goes to show, once again, like that's that's how bad it got to where you just needed to get somewhere where there was a paycheck. Like you didn't even want to ask for the pay, ask for this, ask for the home time. 
that just said like, where you were at mentally. And I think that's a picture that needs to be painted for, for people is that mentally that's exactly where you, you were at, where it's just, I needed to get out and get to a place. And Hey, that's, I can tell you just from my side of things, from what I hear flat, flat bed in the winter is normally the soft time, especially. And in the center. And like I said, every, a lot of people's pay is, is getting cut. That's the name of the game, but are you in a better situation than you were a hundred percent? Kind of before before we uh, wrap this up, what's give some just give some general advice out there to any, any driver, anybody who's going to listen to this on what on on if they're thinking about doing business with some of the with some of these people with 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 the Russians. You got like we just need to make a really good statement on what's going on out there and what's just literally like don't and I don't care like. I don't care if it's a big company, you got your HMDs and your GP Transcos and your CRC Transport. Don't. Literally, I I'd applied for CRC Transport, the car hauling out of Pensacola, Florida. I applied for them, found out they were Russian. I pulled my application. Fuck that. I'm not, I'm not, just don't do it. Don't do it. Whether it's HMD trucking out of one of them cities in Illinois, don't like, as you might find a couple good ones. I'm not saying they're all bad, right? You might find a cup a couple good apples. But there's but trends. That's the thing. Is that there's, yeah, there's trends. There's trends. And I'm just don't even don't even set yourself up to to be in a position like literally that position that I was in, it's literally not a it's not it's not safe for you to be driving like that. 20, 24 hours, 32 hours, I, whatever it is, you're the weight the to be driving with your mental state like that, like, oh, my God, my bills are coming up. I've already ran through my savings. This, that, the third, like, it's not, it's not safe at all. Just, and like, just don't. Like, you know, a lot of people would rag on Swift or Night Swift and U- or Night Swift U.S. Express because they're all like one whatever now. I'd rather go drive for Night Swift US Express or Pam Transport Trans Am or whatever one of these mega carriers before I will ever step foot. Ever. And I mean this with like from the bottom ever step foot in a in a truck that's owned by an Eastern European Chicago, Illinois uh style carrier. Like it it's not safe. It's not the equipment is shit. Your mental health, which is probably one of the most important things. The turnover rate is already high as it is. You get into one of those trucks and you're just looking to become another statistic about quitting trucking. That's literally what's going to happen. No, that's that's good, man. That's powerful. It needs to be said. I said it before we hopped on here. Uh, one of the reasons why I do this show, one of the reasons why people have enjoyed listening to parts of this show is that we're not going to skirt the truth. We're not going to to hide, hide it. I mean, this is, ju- this is just the facts from it is because – we could skirt around this all day and people within the freight industry could skirt around this issue all day. But we would like the only way to hear it is from the actual drivers, the ones who are doing it, living it. And we, we can't hold back. And I said this on the episode I recorded uh, with the executive VP from uh, Megan Earhart from Relay. Is it, we, She even said this, too. She said truck truckers are honest. And that's the thing. Some of them, some truckers always have their stories, you know, like they've always caught the biggest, you know, like the fishermen who always who had the biggest fish that got away. We know truckers embellish things, but when it comes to 
what goes what what's actually going on in that like there's no reason to believe that you're you're being uh, you're inflating this story or or what went on it's it's the honest truth of what's going on out there and i can't appreciate the can this because stuff like this needs to be talked about because right because even you just said mental health that's probably the most important thing where the, not only are they not getting paid, people are not getting paid they're running cheap freight uh, they're running bad equipment. Their scores are bad. Is that the driver behind the wheel is now in a mental state, you said, where it almost broke you. So we have drivers right now during the holiday season. We're driving next to families, children, 16-year-olds, whoever, and they're driving in that mental state. That's a safety hazard. You know, a, a, a mentally unstable. I'm not calling you mentally unstable. But in a certain point in time, you were feeling mentally unstable, oh, yeah. which, which is a risk. Absolutely. I mean, I have to tell you myself, I definitely was mentally unstable. Like, I mean, I'm not like, you know, I don't ever have like those suicidal thoughts or anything like that. But one of these, like, if, if it goes on for so long, what's what's stopping that driver? What's stopping that driver from taking the truck and going, you know? And just saying, yeah. you know what, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna, I'm screw it, I'm gonna, I'm done. Just take the truck and go on about his day, you know, into the whatever, into the lagoon or wherever the hell he's at. You know what I'm saying? Like you just, it's, it's such a toll. It takes such a toll on the mind, on the body. I mean, before I started there, I, I was working out every day. I had my little resistant bands, and I was going out for my little walks and stuff like that. And then that literally, and once you get out of that habit like i'm just now starting to get into that habit again like of like you know flossing my teeth before i go to sleep and washing my face and making sure i'm all neat and up kept and just doing stuff that i like for my for my for my for my well-being you know going out on on the walks on going around the parking lot a couple different you know for 30 20 minutes like i i i literally enjoyed doing that stuff and all that stuff literally just came to a crashing halt. Yeah, man, I'm I'm glad to it's it, it's that's and that's the other thing. The other half of this thing is when you drive so much, yeah, it takes it, it takes more time away from you being able to do the do the right thing from your body. But I'm I'm very happy that at least for especially for right now, it definitely has a happier ending. You're giving a new company a shot. Things are going well. Uh, dude, I can't appreciate you enough for coming back on. Hang out in the studio. We'll, we'll uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wrap, bring this one home. Hang out. We'll, we'll chop it up after. But man, thanks for coming on. We'll definitely have you on again too, especially oh, because yeah. we're gonna follow up on this MC and we're gonna try to, we're gonna try to get to the bottom of this because, hey, I mean, I know this, this is a multi-pronged. This, there's multiple heads to this snake out there, but gotta, gotta start somewhere. One at a time. That's, that's the best. That's the best we can do and i'm not gonna say i will go try to find some other mcs we can you know we can figure out but no way i'm gonna go find another mc to go drive for to go figure out if they're good or not yeah we, uh, we don't need to go that to far that side. <laughs> yeah, hang out for a few i'm gonna bring this one home and we'll talk to you soon all right sounds good all right so powerful story right there from the interstate avocado. And I think what people need to realize is he's not the only one. This is happening right now. And at the end of the day, it raises it raises the question of barrier to entry. At the at the at the end of the day, we have to think of barrier to entry. Uh, I have an episode 
uh, several episodes ago, go back to it, I forget the exact number, called The U.S. Supply Chain Has Been Compromised. Uh, and we've talked about fraud a lot in this show. We've talked about fraud a lot on LinkedIn, Twitter. We were talking about it at F3. Uh, we have Highway, a freight tech company that's trying to do what they can with double brokering. But when it comes to, so that the double brokering is just one side of things. We now, like now we get to write down the boots on the ground drivers and carriers who are moving this freight in this country and who's moving it. Do you, the American people, if you're, whether you're a truck driver or not, do you feel comfortable with a Russian individual? Number one, we're, we currently are allied with a country that's at war with Russia. So and given your opinions on whether you think it's good or bad, we're not talking about that. But at the end of the day, do you feel comfortable? Or do you think it's great that we have um, you know, foreign agents who operate businesses in this country that deal with the movement of our goods and services, the movement of freight in this country? Do you like that? Is that something that you're like, yeah, good, you know? And there's a lot of people listening to the show and I'm friends with on Twitter who always talk about free markets and free market capitalism. And I was in a LinkedIn argument yesterday with some guy on my post about U.S. Steel, about how this, you know, how he, he talked, he mentioned that the sale of U.S. Steel was free market capitalism in its purest globalist sense. And I said, you say that like it's a good thing. And people can preach free markets and they use this excuse of the free market will figure it out. The free market will figure it out. And they believe that the free market is just some sort of invisible hand that happened. Well, see, we and I've said this before, we can't go back to pre-1980. We can't go back to before the Motor Carrier Act, but we can certainly make changes from there on out. And before the Motor Carrier Act of 1980, there was a barrier to entry. And that barrier to entry was set by an actual what participates in free markets, which is the labor. Your labor dictates the free markets. So if you were to pull truck drivers or you want to have conversations with my friend Interstate Avocado, do you think that the labor in this country would agree with the types of people who are allowed to own motor carriers, who are allowed to run as a motor carrier. I think the barrier to entry of what it is is absolutely uh, egregious. Uh, we don't have a lot of people who operate, uh, you know, plumbing and HVACs. I'm sure you can, there's plenty of plumbers you can find under the table who will come fix your toilet, but do you want to? Do you want to hire the under the table HVAC guy? who you know nothing about, who has no website or anything, but he just uh, you know, posted on Facebook that he'll fix your vents for X amount of money with no cr credibility? Probably not. Do you want your car being fixed by somebody you don't know? Do you want your kids driving on school buses that are operated by, you know, not operated probably by the county you live in? The story goes on and on. The buried entry is a problem. And at the end of the day, this is a, a safety thing. This is happening right now. This is a microcosm of freight. This is an issue. And for you brokers out there who are listening, who go on LinkedIn and consistently complain about the ethics of carriers and your, and your horror stories and all this stuff going on, do you know who's running your freight? Do you know who's operating? Do you know who has the loads that you need to sell to make money? Do you know who's actually carrying it? You don't. We just heard about what the rates are. We know what the rates are. Guess who's hauling this freight? Carriers that are not paying their drivers, carriers that are running drivers hours upon hours upon hours who are working egregious schedules. It's absolutely uncanny. And the government can't do anything to catch up because they're so they have no clue about anything in transportation. And the free market isn't going to solve this because we're now 40 years past the Motor Carrier Act. And it's just progressively gone down 
lower and lower. So the free market isn't doing anything, actually. The free market is pretty laissez-faire on everything that's going on. Um, I think it's absolutely shocking. The story should stun you. I mean, we're talk what we're talking about is indentured servitude, slave labor. That's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about companies who are legally, because of the mythical free market that you know people love so much, allows. And uh, we need to put a stop to it. And that's why we do this show, to tell the stories, talk to the drivers, get what's actually going on down there. We don't have all the answers to solutions. So for the people out there who say, we need to trust the market or we need to remove this regulation, I'm not saying I have the solution, but we need to keep talking about it. And somewhere along the line, we're going to come think of something. And I think starting at the barrier to entry is probably where we can start. We have barriers to entry in a lot of other industries. There's a barrier to entry to be a surgeon, to work on somebody's brain, to work on somebody's heart. We just don't, you know, the free market. Imagine if the free market just uh, allowed people to become doctors and surgeons and do all this, all that sort of stuff. So for those of you who talk about, yeah, when it comes to, and I'm somebody who used to be a Reddit tiered libertarian myself who thought, oh, the, the market can figure things out. You realize that that pure libertarian sense is just as utopian as pure communism. It just doesn't work. This voluntarily, voluntary society that's just going to all pitch in and 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 help out, and it's just going to magically cure diseases and uh, grow food and do all this stuff. It's just a utopia that's not going to happen. And I think transportation is exactly a great place to start to start solving those issues. But Great testimony there from my boy. I, I can't appreciate enough for coming on and sharing that. He doesn't need to. Uh, he, he does put himself kind of at risk for doing things like that. We had DMC. We're going to get with, you know, our freight, our freight nerd buddies and all the friends who listen to this show. We'll try to figure it out. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, I might talk to you again before the new year. I might pop on here tomorrow for a little New Year's Eve motivation. But if you don't hear anything by then, please, by all means, make sure you have a happy new year. Remember, a new year, a new whatever, a new day, a new minute. There's always an opportunity to become the newest, best possible version of yourself. I hope you all take care. You stay safe. Enjoy this time of year. Hold your family and friends close. And with that, we are back to the bench. Take care.